You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. The Fox in the Phoenix podcast is now a proud recipient of two 27th Annual Communicators Awards, garnering audio and podcast distinction for individual episodes in the categories of society and culture and diversity and inclusion. I'm Savannah Hawk, cross-dresser, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of foxandhanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for crossdressers and transgender women. Hey, Julie. Hey, Savannah. What's up, girl? Chillin'. What, what? Guess what? You and I kind of match. We do. You have, is, is that burgundy? I can't really... Burgundy and maroon for me always get a little confusing. So it's like when I think of burgundy, I think of a like more of a reddish maroon, yeah. and then there's maroon. But honestly, I think they're the same thing. Okay, but like this is like a <laughs> darker maroon. This is like what like my high school colors were. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have and a little. Yeah, I have a just a touch. It's in my flower pattern on my black field. So yeah, you got all of it in that color. I'm just yeah. doing accents in that color. So. It's very cute. So it's polka dot. What do you notice about my top? It's polka dots. It's like a cream polka dot. Nice. It's uh, very form-fitting, which uh, looks very good on you. Thank you. And for me, that's like, you know, I don't really love it all up in my body, but what, what? it happens. And uh, here's my question to you, though. Very big bow tie kind of going around your neck. Does it connect it in the back and then you wrap it around your neck? Or? All right. Are you ready? Yes, this? please. This is the magic. I the feel like you should be like singing some song. I don't know any songs. All right, fine. That's my job. All right, listen, <laughs> so I'm going to undo it. Okay. Look, it's attached to the neck. Oh, very. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I know. It's attached behind the back of the shirt. Yeah. It's a little I, odd, but I always like these kind of tops. And yeah, and it, it very much gives you a little versatility, too, because you don't have yeah. to do like, a big bow. makes you a present, but um can, like, shape it the way you want. I like that. That's very cool. I totally, like went to the thrift store two days ago and I just let myself have it, you know, like literally let myself have it because I have been living and I know I'm not alone. I am in good company, but the pandemic has killed that part of me that I loved when it comes to expression and style and, and just the energy piece, like for my work, I am a, it's a virtual service. Mm -hmm. So unless I'm showing up, for someone, which I do quite a bit of that. And I have, a few, you know, pieces that I like that I find quote appropriate, right. but they don't speak like to my authentic soul. I mean, I guess they speak to like a little bit of it. Let's give it a nice 30%, but <laughs> I've lost that loving feeling when it comes to dressing. And I, I've talked to a lot of actually cross dressers that have experienced similar, um, feelings. And so I went to the thrift store and I just spent like $85, which is like in thrift store terms, like, you know, it's a wardrobe. Yeah. You pretty much need to open up a new closet for $85. I mean, and I'm loving this. Like it, I, it, I feel I like back. It. I like it. I like back it. Back again. Jules is back. Call your friends. Oh wait, that's like <laughs> not. Okay. Julie's um, back. All right. That's, that's where I'm going to go. With she's a little... dressing. She's feeling her clothes and it affects, honestly, like if I, continue working at my business and sad, sleepy, got up at, you know, 515 and walk the track close, my energetic frequency will be what? 
sad and Lonely sleepy. Is sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. So I up my game. Good. I, well, they always say, I mean, whether how true it is, I don't know. And that's probably on a per person basis. But mm-hmm. they say dress for the job you want and don't let it slide by the wayside and just like show up half half done. So I totally agree. You know I, me. Like know I'm me. not just the hair club for men president. I'm also a client. Yes. So yes. I'm the people that tell people that line. Yeah. <laughs> and well, yet you, I've abandoned myself. Oh, you, not anymore. Not anymore. And that's great. It's great that you recognize that consciously and say, you know what, I'm going to make that concerted effort so I can speak my truth and then be able to back my truth to other people. So I love that. I love that. But and I'm just you. still thinking about how many bags you brought home from the thrift store. So I am not a purse person, but I did buy some amazing boots that i i know i sent you a picture of those boots were amazing pirate-esque was the words that you mm-hmm. use and i literally love you <laughs> they are amazing i used to have a pirate thing if you didn't know like i i had a goonies obsession i had the pirate flag on my college like dorm wall like nice. I'm saying that things are pirate-esque to many people might be a put down but for me i'm like say it again but louder I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, definitely had that aesthetic of like high seas swashbuckling, if you will. Armimities. So I like that. That was definitely cool. Um, it definitely had a lot of flair to it. Yes. Like I think there's some wedge. buckling and other things going on. So yeah, it was like what? I think it was knee length or yeah, little under. Knee length. Yeah, love it. Love it, love it, love it. So But how are you? Like I'm, enough about me. I talked about myself for way beyond my comfort zone. I'm sorry. So. I would say let's let's pull that way back in. Yeah, really. Um but I will do this in, in uh, honor of Goonies, since you were mm. such a Goonies fan. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. <laughs> so anyway, there's there's my Don't uh, even. We are <laughs> not like I love that. <laughs> it was it is one of my probably top tens. Like the truffle around. shuffle. Yes, yes. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. So anyway, okay. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. So we go. You know, anytime you bring up a movie, I'm gonna like go down that rabbit hole pretty quick. Um, now but for I know me, that. what did I do today? Well, today I was waiting for you patiently. I know you have a um an appointment today, so we Please. rescheduled a little. We just pushed it around, and in the meantime, I have been diligently trying to memorize 300 words or less. Because I'm trying to do a a TEDx application. Oh and in, my God. Yeah, it's a little scary. It's very scary. I've been procrastinating this for a while. Um, I know. With other things I had to get done. There was like this cut, uh, catastrophe of work that happened over the last 10 days. Yeah. So a lot of things like kind of, I pushed it off. And then when I knew I needed to do it, something happened where I couldn't do it. So I spent this morning at Starbucks basically just talking to myself and, and timing it. <laughs> So I was I was walking around outdoors. I'm reciting the whole thing by memory, seeing how quickly I could do it and how naturally I could do it. The problem is I'm terrible at speaking memorized words, but if I memorize the entire thing, I can completely kind of re-vocalize it in a way that's the natural me. So I've been trying to get it so down and get all those those beats so tight that I could just kind of riff and make it sound like the real me versus just like, hello, my name is, okay, hold on, Savannah Hawk. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want that. I want it to be natural because the whole point of these videos 
in the application to show your personality and to show kind of like your presence. And I don't want it to be mechanical. I want it to be very natural. So I've been agonizing. Well, you've got personality. All right. But listen, I am so <laughs> glad that you were walking around Starbucks because I literally had to sit on my hand from texting you and being like, I really want you to walk around while you're listening because to get it in your body. And I'm like, Julie, let go of this. You are not like Savannah's keeper, nor are you like her like coach that needs to be this like invading her time. She's a big girl. She knows. So I didn't, but I'm glad that you were. Yeah, I, I mixed up a little. I did walk up around a little trying to loosen up uh, the old memory banks. Um, I sat for much of it. Uh, Judy even said, like, well, do you need cue cards? Uh, would it be better if I was there in a room when you're recorded versus not? Right. She was trying to offer me what she would do in that situation. We all know that that's not my process necessarily. So I said, so basically I told her what I told you. I said, well, I need to memorize it so I can forget it. Right. I need to memorize it so tightly that I can just go off script because I've already memorized it. And as long as I can keep it within 60 to 90 seconds, which I'm struggling with, it's got to be one take straight through. I can't like do magic edit cuts to do the best right. of to make it work. So um, yeah, I'm a You'll little scared. Great. Thank you. You'll Thank you. Great. I'm a little scared. This is where me as Savannah and Chuck uh, fall into a, a little bit of a trap because I'm a perfectionist in some ways. And if I know I can't do it perfectly, I will procrastinate it till the, the 11th hour because I'm afraid to like face that fear of possibly it being not perfect. So, and I believe, and I believe it was either mother Teresa, it was some wise, wise woman. That's once said procrastination is like masturbation. It feels really good when you're doing it, but in the end you're just effing yourself. And by effing, <laughs> I mean, fucking yourself. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty sure that was mother Teresa. <laughs> that sounds about sounds like her speed, her tone. In her I velvety think. thong. Yes. I, ah, callback. Nice. Well played. Nice. Well played. Anybody would have to go look for that episode to find out where that is. Well played, Miss Ribbenstein. Well played. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing. I, I would actually, I'm kind of envious because I would love to be thrift store shopping with you. I never really come away with a lot of goodies from thrift stores, but I would love to see you like, hold up something to me and say, you would be perfect in this. It's Try dangerous. It it's dangerous when you don't go for a while and then you go. And it's just like, oh no, I like this. and Because you know it's hit or miss or it's kind of right. like. Right. Right. So but here's the beauty to... of it. But the beauty of it is not like you went to Macy's or Nordstrom's or Lauren Taylor's and spent $800 on four outfits. You spent... $85 on a ton of stuff. Well, so the lady put into perspective about like, I know, honey, but mind you, I needed her to settle down, like to set cart one so I can get cart two and like overflow <laughs> that. Like, and I had to go through a process. Like it was a thing that I kept on like beads of sweat, <laughs> you know? And she's like, well, sweetheart, just think of it. You go to a bar, you go out with your friends, you have a couple cocktails, you do a little dancing. Actually, she didn't sound with that accent, but I just threw it in there. Um, And you spend that amount of money. And I'm just like blacking out thinking of the last time I went out with my girlfriends and like pretty much at the club when she like comes back in and is just like, oh my God, I just sounded like the biggest alcoholic. (laughs) Not to say that you you do that a lot. I don't do that ever. (laughs) And I, I was just like, oh my God. 
done. I think you deserve to treat yourself. You did it for a good reason, a good cause. Yes. And we went thrifting this weekend. We made two stops in total. But at one of those stops, they had a whole table just like draped over with like dresses mm. and outfits. And there was one that was like, I have a t- blouse that looks just like that, but this is more of a mini dress. I was mm. so tempted to get it. It was a large. It probably would have been a little clingy. And maybe not made me happy. If for a buck, I probably could have bought it anyway. I was like, mm. yeah, you know what? It's okay. I don't want to like buy it and then be disappointed. And I could have been elated by it. It would have been perfect for me maybe. But I was like, nah, let me just wait until like, like something super, super sings to me and I can enjoy it. But I'm, I'm so still- glad you did that because like there was certainly this wrap dress that said made in Italy that mm. was probably several hundred dollars for eight dollars and I just had to use that sense of okay what is in alignment with who I am now right yeah. and like let's face it yes everyone should own a little black dress unless you're the kind of person that that just doesn't speak to your authentic self right and for me as being kind of a strange eclectic I like to pair this with this you'll never see the same outfit twice so take a look at this and you know you'll never see it again a black (laughs) dress doesn't speak to who I am Mm. I'm not going out I'm not giving talks I'm not going to a lot of events right now so I had to put that aside and be like $300 dress from Italy let me just put that I know will look great let me just Set you aside so I can focus on the mass amount of stuff that I have to go yeah. through. Oh, I have, um, I love LBDs. That was kind of like my totally. entire closet was all just black dresses at one point. But as You're you know, so LBD. Yeah, I am. I'm OCD about LBD. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, but but I kind of like, as you've seen, I've gotten more color into my wardrobe, so which is important. But I always love classic black. That's always been a an aesthetic that I enjoyed. But anyway. Anyhow. Anyway. Okay. So what do you got for us today, Miss Rubenstein? Well, Steve, not Stein, you nailed it. Okay, <laughs> so... I actually got something at the thrift store that I want to show you that very much helps me introduce the topic of the day. Okay. All right. I'm going to hold it for the listeners. It's one of these like collage box quote um, pieces that I've seen this artist several times. And this artist, whenever I see quote pieces by this artist, it normally like triggers something in me that I'm like, oh my God, I need it. This speaks to me. (laughs) But what it did, I ended up getting it because it really speaks to the topic. So you have a kind of a cartoon profile of a woman in a dress and you don't see her face and you see some luggage and you see tall sign that says beginning Mm -hmm. um, and what looks like a newspaper clipping. And then you see a couple bags and the quote says, it also says matters of faith in little letters. It looks like it was collaged on with like a newspaper, like Mm -hmm. cut Mm -hmm. out a newspaper. So it says... Sometimes right back where you started from is right where you belong. Nice. I know. It took me a moment to be like, wait, what? (laughs) Sometimes right back where you started from is right where you belong. Color me intrigued. Yes. So today we are going to be talking about cross-dressers that went on an extensive hiatus for whatever reason and went back inside the closet kind of let go of their female persona for a minute. By a minute, I could mean eight years, 10 mm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, they were whether forced back in the closet or chose for whatever reason to go back in the closet. And now they're back. 
They're back as their feminine self. They're reengaging in the world. And it was in- truly inspired by a listener. We love our listeners. We by do, a listener that actually reached out to me. But before I get into that little letter that kind of set the stage for this topic, what do you feel about this topic? And what comes up for you when you first hear about it? Oh, all sorts of angst. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I spent like, man, I mean, without, without going into like the deep storytelling of my entire life, I think people, listeners know that I, Savannah became an entity in like 96, 97. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was married at the time and she didn't like my cross-dressing at the beginning of our relationship. She really frowned upon it. And it was only when she's, she got towards her self-realization of her own sexuality that she kind of like allowed me for lack of a a better word to explore my own, you know, gender and and sexuality and stuff. So that's where it started. And then my next relationship, she was all for it. You know, we went to the clubs together and she was very much open to it. Unfortunately, that relationship ended not because of cross-dressing, but just ended for other reasons. And then I embarked on a 15 year relationship this is a relationship prior to Judy. So mm-hmm. for 15 years, there were, like, the same thing I always do. I said, hey, this is me. This is Savannah. You know, if you're going to get into this, this is what to expect. Total disclosure. Yeah, total disclosure at the very beginning. And she seemed on board or she, she seemed interested in learning. Let's put it that way. And so unfortunately, she wasn't a club rat. She was a little bit older than me. So she wasn't into that scene. So I kind of lost that expression of going out. And all of a sudden, it became a very in-the-home-only dressing. Sure. And then as time went on, it seemed to become less tolerable. It seemed to become Mm. less accepted. And so in a gradual regression of 15 years, let's call it the first 12 years, it went from being accepting and kind of novel to a very, very closeted, only did it when she wasn't home experience to then not being done at all. Gotcha. And so I gradually found myself back in a closet almost without any, I didn't like make the conscious decision. It just felt like years go by and things got less and less accepting. And to protect myself, I put myself back in a closet. And it wasn't until like maybe year 13, year 12. Wow. That I decided, you know what, I need to, I was still doing it when she wasn't home. I was still doing it when she went away for the weekend to see her sister upstate. And I would do that typical, you know, hiding thing. And I would go on a two day binge of dressing at home. And it wasn't until I realized I need to reintroduce myself to the world and to myself that I finally started saying, okay, I know you don't want to be involved with this, but I need to do this. Right. And, and then I kind of got back on on my exploration of self and, and trying to become Savannah again in a real way. And I think it's so, it's slow and it's steady and it's so easy in partnership to show up in a certain way and then to have the relationship kind of go in a different trajectory Mm -hmm. to over time, we compromise and we compromise and we compromise. And just through love and wanting to make this person proud and wanting to kind of mold ourselves into this, like for me, it's, it's the suburbs. And it sounds like for you was the suburbs too. Suburbs are killers. People (laughs) (laughs) maintain that creative spirit. Um, (laughs) 
it, it is so easy for that to happen, to abandon ourselves. And it's just so heartbreaking that you kind of had to put this part of you away, kind of like you put away laundry or, mm-hmm. or you put away things in the attic. Yes. To say, you know, so. I'll get back to this. I'll get back to this. I'm going to put these clothes in this box for the someday and I'll get back to it. Sure, sure. And Best I intentions. Yeah, and I believe it happened very easily, largely because, and this is just me doing my analysis, you were at the club, right? You were, you had a very specific place where Savannah would go mm-hmm. to express herself in this particular way. Yeah. So it's not even like you were going to Starbucks Not that, no. during that time. It's not like you were going to... Um, well, Target wasn't around, but you know what I mean? Like TJ yeah, Maxx, yeah. you're not pushing yourself. You had a specific place that had, came with specific lighting, music. You know, it looked in this very specific way. So I think with that said, it was much easier for you to associate the two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all right, I'm not clubbing as much. So it's a lot easier for me to just put Savannah away for a minute. Not consciously. Yeah, just, yeah. It's totally well, I mean, having that outlet taken away, right? Having that yes. outlet taken away, it was kind of like, well, what do I do now? Because I wasn't, I wasn't at that point in my development where I was okay going out in broad daylight. Totally. I was still hiding in that way. It was like, well, right. I have no club anymore. Now what? I guess I have nothing. So it took me years to kind of buck up and say, no, I need to do something. And it was still at nighttime. But it was like support groups. It was like going out to a diner. It was also going back to dance clubs again. It was like you said, it was what I was comfortable with, what I associated Savannah with. But then slowly, 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 I I realized it was like, oh, we could go to a diner and it'd be okay. There's harsh lighting in diners, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So So I want to, before we we, um, get lost too much in this beautiful topic, I want to just kind of read the the message that was sent to us by a listener named Candace via um, Instagram. This reading by Julia Rubenstein. Yes. (laughs) 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 Thank you for the latest episode. Geez, I've been living that gap between my wife finding out about my cross-dressing and me actually doing anything about it. I stuffed it back into the closet after she said that she was okay with it for 10 years. Now it's like doing it all over again. We are finally talking about it again. Thanks to your podcast, Savannah's book, What What at Amazon, (laughs) and other resources, I am finally looking inward and accepting myself. So thank you. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So much. All the feels. All the feels and all the angst and all the tribulations and just understanding empathetically and compassionately and sympathetically understanding of like why Candace was where she was and is where she is. And oh, yeah, it's um, to say 10 years. I mean, I think I told you this the other day. I felt like I lost the best years of my life. It's yeah. like, oh, all my pretty years are behind me. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> because, a, such a lie that we t- you tell. That's so such a painful videotape to have kind of on repeat. Yeah. But yes, really go is. on. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's like, but sometimes I look back and I'm like, well, you know, I was slimmer. I was, you know, didn't have these couple wrinkles and blah, 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 blah. You tell yourself all right. sorts of oh, stories yeah. to, to tell you why you're regretting the loss of yesterday. Versus taking advantage the most of today. Um, 
And I, I fight that, but I also realize that, well, maybe I wouldn't have been ready back then. No. Maybe, maybe my maturity came with this age and this trial and it just took me this long to be available for myself in this way. And had you not been with the girlfriend you had been with, mm-hmm. had you not put yourself away in, in the attic, had you not gone to the club, had you <laughs> not met Judy, had you not, had you not, had you not, you would not be the badass TEDx talking, soon to be, you know, star and that you are now. You had to develop an understanding for your process, your story, learn the lessons. Mm. You had to learn the lessons and make the mistakes in order to be this person. I don't believe that people come into this earth, this like fully actualized person. There is the belief that I like to say that we all come into this earth knowing, and then we just kind of forget everything. Yeah. And so through a series of mess ups and life experience and pain and trauma, we just keep on relearning this part of ourselves as we keep swimming. I, I, I always see water. We keep on swimming towards this person that is our authentic self, is the core of who we are. So as we think more about your story and relate it kind of to this, to this beautiful letter that we received, um, it leaves us with so much to discuss. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I kind of after I got the letter, I reached back out to Candace and I obviously asked for permission, but also got a little bit more in terms of understanding her story. Okay. To add a little more color to my story. <laughs> when I first came out, we had concluded, concluded that it was nothing more than a kink that I was exploring by myself. Nothing more. And this is really brilliant. Okay, it goes on to say, It was a defense mechanism that I put up in order to prevent myself from looking inward and asking why and what does this mean for me? Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. I just cross-dressed for a thrill. Why not? Not sure, but I liked it, period. So it's very easy for us to do this thing, especially where there's some charge involved, like you going to the club or this person dressing for believing that it was a kink. That's very easy. It takes a lot of work and a lot of healing to go inward and say, what is this about? You do this all the time. And I believe that maybe 15 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, it was much harder to kind of go back and reflect. It's so hard to look inside ourselves and say, what is this really about? Mm -hmm. I know it feels really good. I know I really like it, but let's dig deeper. And what is, why? Why do I like it? Where did it start? It feels really sexually heightened and I feel really fulfilled in that way. But what else? Right. 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 It's very easy to put it in the box of kink, fetish, sensuality, sexuality. I feel good. Therefore, you know, it's like, oh, it's just it's just something to for me to feel good for this moment. And then but why even even if it was only that, even if I only did it specifically because I love to feel that way when I'm sexually charged, why? Why is it that female clothes is that thing that does that for you? Even right. if it was only for a kink, there's something behind it. There's something like, well, I love satin. I love the feel in my fingers. I love the encasement. I love uh, this visual goddess that I'm looking that looks back at me in the mirrors. Like there's things that you are, are appreciating even on that level. But to what you said, there's always more. 
It's like, right. I don't even, I can't imagine that people only do it to get off. There's got to be a deeper meaning to it. And whether you express it or you deny it or you look into yourself or, you know, rationalize it away. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a deeper, deeper meaning to it. Uh, and, and whether we express it only in that way. Right. is is not that's immaterial it's like our expression whether in a sexual setting or going to the, the club as you say or hmm. going out to starbucks it's still an expression so it, it's just a matter of like well why do we need want require this expression in our lives to feel like a complete person and i think that when it's anything that involves shame whether it be a cultural shame, whether it be a personal shame, whether it be the idea of getting caught and getting into quote trouble, mm -hmm. um, it can feel very kind of fast and furious, right? The, yeah. the dressing, the feeling, the breathing into it, it has a very sexy, might get caught kind of thing. And I can imagine that slowing down the process, really slowing down the process and saying, you know, you know, breathing into your senses as you're, you know, putting on the, the slinky dress or questioning why it is that you're drawn to something when you're in a department store. Slowing that thought process down is so vulnerable mm -hmm. and it gives a life. It gives a home for this one experience that you're having on a Tuesday night when, you know, your wife goes to the group and then you won't have this until the next Tuesday night. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and it's all you yeah. see. It's all you think about. You're obsessed. Breaking that, down that obsession into little micro parts is part of this experience, is yeah. vulnerable, is mm -hmm. necessary if you want to grow in, with your cross-dressing. I agree. I Yes. Oh, my God. Absolutely. The, the idea that I only have the ability to do it in this days and that's all you look forward to that moment, the, right. that half hour, hour, 45 minutes. And at the, that point, maybe you can't even do a head to toe makeup because all you have is, is that 30 minutes to put on something and parade around and, and see yourself in the mirror, but it's all from the neck down, right? So right. even those are not full expressions necessarily. And so you get caught up in that sensual kinetic moment don't slow down to to think about the whys you just worry about the moment you want to chase the moment versus sitting in the kind of like the meadow and saying oh why is this why do i do this why is this so appealing to me and if you're only chasing the moment you're never going to like slow down to ask why right it's like stopping to look at yourself in the mirror mm and freezing in that moment. Now there can be a moment where the reflection back at you is a shame, is a look at my man face or a what the fuck am I doing or I'm sick or I'm perverted. It's, that's a lot different than, okay, I'm all dressed. Now I'm gonna take some sexy photos from my Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it's about the lighting. It's about the this and the that. That's a lot different than like being like, okay, I took these pictures. I'm going to stare at them and I'm going to ask myself about them. I'm going to sit with how I feel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who does that? Yeah. No one. Meditators, well. people that do workshops and shit. You know, <laughs> like that's hard. It's very hard, whether it be about cross-dressing or whether it be about you know, you're parenting and feeling like a failure and let's slow down. And let's ask myself about that. Right. 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 It's all very similar. It's a human 
problem in terms of wanting to skirt over, no pun intended, get uh, it, skirt. Cross-dressers. It. Some people like it, some people don't. <laughs> um, sorry. It's, it's a lot easier to just be on this treadmill way of thinking. Yeah. And then yeah. add the sexual charge and we've got some, you know, yeah, I'm we're fulfilled. set. Why look yeah, at I'm, it? Yeah, I'm fulfilled until next time. So just to get back on topic a little bit more, yes. what could cause someone to, after so many years of putting this person away, what do you think happens in the mind? I mean, I can come up with, with some things, but what do you think happens in the mind when they're like, I'm ready to reemerge? Before we like come into the, how did I uh, decide to come back out? I think we have to also talk about the, I put away Candace right. for 10 years. Now, was that because Candace felt unready, unsure, not mature enough in her development, felt that she should do it for her partner because she wanted to make her partner happy and then also sacrifice uh, for her partner because the happiness of the partner was more important than her own happiness. There's all these reasons why we can get into like, why did I stop? I put this away because X, Y, Z. And that's going to be important when you come out the other side and say, I'm back. Right. So Wait, you it, mean we can't like just skip over all the hard work and just go straight for the I'm coming out like the backstory? You mean we can't just jump go. over? Back no, you edge? can. No, my dear, you cannot. Life all is right. not that way. Well, I mean, it's funny you should say that because mm. I actually have another quote. Oh, all right. Then. That answers everything that you said. Boom. Mic dropped. What? What? Okay. Frankly, I was scared. If I thought too hard, I might conclude that transitioning might be in the future. Okay. Totally. All right, I have words about that, but yes, mm -hmm. I totally understand. I wouldn't call that internalized transphobia. It's more of an overload of empathy for the stories and the struggles of the transitioning binary transgender narrative. Mm. That's a difficult journey. Oh, love that. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about a little bit of fear, both for the relationship and fear for, oh my God, if I do look at myself beyond just this kink factor, I might realize that I want to be a woman. Yes. And yes, that is a very common fear. That's a fear I had that I had to constantly look at myself through a very objective lens to say, do I want to get a boob job? I don't know. That would be pretty cool. I said, but do I want to get my manhood cut off? Hell no. I said, do <laughs> I want to go on hormones and possibly have adverse effects to my body organs? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that can go wrong in transition. It's a commitment for it's sure. It's a commitment. And I'm like, eh, I'm too lazy for all that. Now, you and I have spoken about this before. That the only thing, The only thing I really would love in a magical world. On Savannah's Sunday, I could just wake up with everything in, in feminine form and not have to work so hard. Keep singing, you bitch. I'm just forming the areolas. <laughs> keep singing. The okay. Sorry. All right, we've digressed. <laughs> I mean, I would. So I looked into myself to realize that no, for me, being a, a woman, it's not something I aspire to be 24 seven. It's something I would love to be able to do like on a part-time basis to like make my life easier as Savannah. Now that, right. so those things that I achieve with padding and makeup in a wig and all those things that I do to become Savannah, 
I just want to be able to make that easier for me. But what happens when I'm done being Savannah? Do I want to always be Savannah? Do I always want to walk around with boobs in a vagina? No, I like my other parts the way they are. So these are the conversations you had to have with yourself. And I had with myself and always have with myself (laughs) to constantly like gauge or like, do I want to do this? Nah, I'm good. And this is what Candace is saying. She's so afraid because if I'm a cross-dresser, that must mean I'm going to transition. Yes. And that's a falsehood. There's it not a, is. There's not a point A to point B on that for all people. And I, I hope that Candace realized that, oh, you know what? I'm happy where I am. That's not my journey. And all of a sudden, you, you are relieved in that sense. Yeah, and just the commonality that cross-dressers share with that fear I mean, it is so common and it's led me to believe that, and I hate making these generalizations. It feels like I'm trying to play God or some, I don't Mm -hmm. know. But I have, through this work over the years, I have come to the realization that fearing, if you even touch this extra added layer of your cross-dressing with a 10-foot pole, Mm. that you will suddenly go back and have to go on hormones and be a woman in this. And I have talked to so many cross-dressers that said, that is why I haven't moved to this stage of it with my cross-dressing. I am so afraid that if I go back even a little more, that I will disappear into this. And I'm not ready right, to do right. that. I don't want to. And they they play this movie out in their head. And I do this all the time. I think as humans, we just do it. We play like the death scenario or we play the the this is your life story where we add all these components and elements to our truth that may be so far from our truth, Mm -hmm. but we add it as, as real. And then we stop and say, that is too scary of a movie. We turn off that television. Yeah. Yeah. And we say, F no, I'm fine with it being this, this kink, this fetish. Let's just never have to face that vision again. You know? Yes. And the problem is, is that it's all or nothing right? It's only a kink or you want to be a woman. There, there's right. not enough information until, you know, the books came out in your service with Fox the and Hanger and this podcast that we're like, no, there is a middle ground. There is a destination that is not trans town. You know, the, 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 right. there's, there is a destination. The only like, option you have and the yeah. groups you shall join that has credibility says you are a woman. Yeah. Why can't we just be fluid and queer and be outside of the binary? And I love that whole uh, statement of the binary narrative, the transgender binary narrative, which is true. It's like, I am a man. I want to be a full woman. That is my affirmation. I get it. But for me, I'm very, very, very happy to live. Like I said, 85% of my life is Chuck and 15% of my life is Savannah and show up and be visible and be loud and be with you, you know, and create and, and let people know that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And so Candace saying, I was afraid if I looked inside myself, it wouldn't just be a kink. It would be so much more. And I feared and, that. Right. And as the two of us having this amazing platform where we have listeners all around the world, I think it would be a disservice if we didn't take this moment to to make a giant PSA and Mm. say that you can be part woman and part amazing father and husband. Mm -hmm. You can be a gorgeous, beautiful, creative female person and still like all the interests that you have as a male. 
And just because there isn't much information and there's a huge kind of pull on identifying as female and what that means and oh my gosh, and a limited limited resources, you know, you, yeah. you, you fall a certain trajectory for the transgender journey, you can follow your own trajectory. Yes. Cross-dressing is a beautiful resume of so many different colors in the same way that you can be both angry about someone, you can be angry and so in love with them. Mm. You can be sad about something and think it is hysterically funny at the same time. <laughs> there is room for both. So what I want to say to Candace and what I want to say to all the listeners and what I want to say to you is there is such beauty and we are such complicated, complex humans with space and time for so many beautiful experiences. Mm. Do, 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 the more you know. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so true. It's so true. It's so funny. We're so complex as people and as human beings, but yet we think so binary and so specifically contrasting, meaning like it's either white or it's black. It's either man or it's woman. It's either red or it's blue. It's like we always think in very specific constructs, but we don't think about, oh, you know, that um, you know, we're all kind of a blend of, of man and woman. We're all kind of a blend of masculine and feminine. Just because our biology says that we're man doesn't mean we can't like rom-coms or they, we can't like right. baking or we can't like doing dishes. It's like, what? I, I don't like mowing the lawn, but my wife sure does. That's so weird. It's like, that's, that's unusual. That shouldn't be that way. Right. Why are we so hung up on these stereotypes of what we should be? as human beings and just accept those things that we love and just be, wow, I have all these passions that I can excel at and I'm, I love to do, but no, I have to do this because that's my job as a man. I think because they keep us safe and they keep us from going too far and experiencing too much. It could be as simple as like interest. For the longest time, and I still haven't played tennis, but I'm using a tennis truth or a, no, a lie I told myself that you know I've always wanted to play tennis, but I could never play tennis because if you play tennis, then you must be, insert, you know, white rich snob that goes to a yuppie party. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Belongs to a country club. All those 80s movies about like <laughs> the people who play tennis and we're like Buffy, you know, but right. like- <laughs> look at Serena Williams. Look at, you know, look at all these type of people. Like Kate, my business partner, there was this such a young part of me when she said she loved tennis, played tennis as a kid and thinks it's an awesome sport. There was this little girl in me that was just like, but she's not a snob from a white rich country club. She's cool. You know, we put <laughs> all these limits on our beliefs and every single thing, objects, you know, storylines, whatever it is, has this whole narrative that yeah. is often untrue. Oh my God, yes. Um, I mean, I, I mow the lawn because it's my responsibility. I take out the garbage because of my responsibility. Do I like doing those things? No, but it's part of the dynamic of the household too. Because Judy loves to cook. And so she cooks. That's her thing. And I do dishes because I actually like doing dishes. And I also, as a, a additional benefit is that you know she cooks so i should clean up you know do the dishes afterwards so those things i'm happy to do uh, just one because 
it's my job in some instances and some other things I'm like, what you do dishes. It's like, I would never do dishes. You know, when I came home from work, it's like, well, no, I like doing it. It, it makes me happy to do dishes. That's not a problem. Right. Yeah. It's all about self analysis and realizing mm-hmm. that you're, it's okay if you don't match up or it's okay. Who, who at this point at 2021, like who are we matching up to? Right. Like we need to match up with the fact that we are complex beings. And if that means finding community that also meets some of these aspects of ourselves, then go find community. Then that's what you need to take care of yourself. Yes. Um, And it it sounds like Candace has done a lot of kind of self-reflection and and the beauty of self-reflection and coming to a different place of ourself and, and developing a strong sense of awareness is that we can then take our stories and use it to help others. Yes. yes. So while Candace gave us this gift of her beautiful experience, which we're still kind of unpacking, there are cross-dressers listening that will now think in a different way because of the work that she's done, because of the pain that she's gone through. It yeah. is not wasted. She should not have come to it sooner. I agree. I regret not being out more in the 90s and early 2000s. And I, we both said, well, maybe I wasn't ready. I wasn't mature enough to be that person. And even if I was, even if my path would have changed and I would have been better at makeup sooner or would have found my style quicker, that doesn't mean I would have would be here with you now. I'd be in a different place possibly. So right. I'm happy with where I am. So I think all cross-dressers should realize, yes, you can have sadness for the lost time, but focus on your the moment you're in, in what you're ready to do, able to do, mature enough to do, have gone through the fires to be able to do. Um, those are important. And with Candace, you said she put it away for 10 years, started reflecting. She read my book, she heard the podcast, and now realized, hey, my journey is unique. My journey is not this A to B linear line that I'm forced to be on, that I'm ready to take that next step and enjoy it and be brave about it and be happy with it. And I think that so many people, so many crossdressers keep that fear in the forefront. They keep fearing what the next thing could be versus saying, well, what's my today look like? What am I ready to acknowledge now? That's so good. What am I ready to acknowledge now? And I just, I want to say one point and then get back to a, another bit of insight from Candace, but just that, that's just the idea that be thankful that you didn't realize this in a week or in a month. Be thankful that you're where you are now and didn't waste any more time mm. and that you're not older than you are now because you're going to just get, you're going to age you're going to age and you'll have to meet your cross-dressing where you're at continuously, but you'll never be younger than you are now. So true. So there's that. And there's just the kind of power that this topic has brought up the the person behind the inspiration for this topic and the work that they've done. Um, they go on to say, and since I have started finally looking inward again this year, I've realized that it's not, that it's not my journey. Since joining Instagram recently and reading every resource that I can get my hands on, I have a whole new world of understanding. I acknowledge that there may be times where I will reserve some evenings with my wife and where I'm totally glammed up for an evening out. 
I don't think the desire to look totally glamorous and feminine will ever go away. But what feels more fulfilling to me and something that I can do in my everyday life is to just be a little more fabulous every day, mm. embracing the non-binary spirit and incorporating femininity here and there. Ah! Mm. I mean, Preach. stop Preach. it! Candace should be preaching to the choir. She's just like literally my favorite person. Wait, I and I can't I wait was, for her I to hear I was your favorite episode. person. You are. Oh, okay. You are. This is an expression okay. in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is Savannah needing validation and fishing for it. No, I love it. I love her idea. I love you know her living in the moment. And I, I, I want to also reflect on what you just said. We have to meet cross-dressing where we are now, yeah. right? We can't regret what we didn't do in the past. We can't worry about what may happen in the future. We need to take our cross-dressing to, to the level we want it to be or would like it to be in the moment, in today's moment. And I think that's very powerful because it gives you permission to say, seize the day. I'm taking the moment. I'm going to be the best I can be today. And like Candace said, I'm going to add, I'm going to be as fabulous as I can today. And then with the hopes of being a little more fabulous as I go. Yeah. And it's okay to plan, but just don't be like living in always in the future. Be like, well, I wish I was that glamorous person that I want to be. No, be right. your best glamorous person too. today. Oh, love it. That's another trap. Yeah. And I mean, my wisdom comes from a place of constantly dipping into the past, constantly feeling like I'm not as good of a mother and, oh gosh, I'm going to be like my mother and this and that. Dipping in the past, referencing the past for every response I give when I'm in that space of insecurity. It is work. It is not easy. Mm. It's not as easy as, oh, one day I'm just going to decide or let me listen to this podcast. Nope, got it. Okay, not doing that. Or shaming yourself when it comes up because yeah. it's going to come up a lot, especially if you're actively avoiding it. Yes. Actively avoiding not going back in the past. I told you don't go back there. Like It's <laughs> like saying you're intermittent fasting and you're going to start at 11 and you're going to stop at 6. And if you keep on going at 630, I'm going to tell you it's going to make it that much harder if you give yourself a nice emotional lick, you know, and be like, you beep, 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 you know what I mean? Like just yeah. being in the moment and savoring your choices and the person you are now is hard work. It is mm -hmm. a daily minute by minute practice. It is. Oh, it so is. Our past defines how we react in the present. We can't deny that. We can't avoid it. We can only recognize how that past has shaped us and real and make the realization and make those better choices or make those little tweaks to our present to say, Oh yeah, you know, I recognize that when we do this, I always feel this feeling. And I think it comes from this place of, you know, my little girl or this place of shame from my past It's starting. Mm -hmm. You can recognize those things and reshape your present in little ways so that you can be triggered less or recognize it quick, more quickly. And so that as you, each day you go forward, you become that better person in just little, little ways. Yeah. And just having, being gentle with yourself and with the other person for, you know, whatever mind space you were in, you were having your experience and 
your partner was off having their experience. And sometimes when you receive a text or the emotional intensity that comes from a partner really needing you to show up for them, sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect. They're not able to, they're, they're feeling all these feels about this other thing, or Mm. they're, they're not getting the kind of, um, you know, they're shutting down when they're receiving this bit of information and they don't want to have it out in text. There needs to be, as well as understanding that we are triggered by all these different things and being able to communicate, also giving a little bit of grace period to be like, okay, this is obviously something that, that I need to reintroduce at a different time in a yeah, different way. Yeah. I know I'm feeling abandoned right now and really, really stirred up, but it's so hard because we're hardwired for connection. And when, when we make these, we count very much on the idea of not total dependence mm-hmm. and not independence, even though I very much where I'm like, all the women independent, you know, I love that. There is absolutely this middle ground called interdependence that we need to work on. Nice. So it's tough. Let's talk through it. Let's figure this shit out. Let's talk about what, how it could be and what may be. And now how did I get to this moment? Looking at ourselves objectively and saying, how did I get here? What does that mean? Is it purely just a kink I have that I enjoy? Is there something deeper? Will I transition? I mean, we're not we're not barring the road from people who use cross-dressing as a discovery point to find out they need to affirm as women. We're not saying that, but what we're saying is it's not the only path and everything is based on your experience and what's in your head and heart. And each right. one of those is very, very unique. <sighs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm struggling because this topic is so vast. I mean, I know so many people who, one, they, they saw an advertisement in a magazine for a cross-dressing woman or a trans woman in pantyhose and right. instantly was drawn to that ideal of mm-hmm. like what they wanted to be or what they were going to strive to be. And then, you know, spent the next bunch of years getting married, having kids, and not really coming out to their partner till way late in life. And way late in life is like, okay, I'm sure there's regret about not doing it sooner, but now there's a different road that she's on and and she can dress. And unfortunately with COVID, she's got more family living with them. uh, So that kind of curtails uh, a little bit of dressing. But it's different now. She was able to go out to the restaurants like once a month for to see all the other crossdressers. Um, that you talking about kinda... my, my girl Candace? No, no. I'm just talking about experiences that I'm aware of. Oh, where, <laughs> where it's, but it's just a parallel. It's a parallel to yeah, the fact totally. that like you know you put it away for ten years and we do it purposefully and we do it because. Uh, like we talked about on a previous episode about purging, we'll never do this again. Uh, we're talking about putting it away for the sake of the marriage, yeah. sacrificing your own wholeness as a person. There's lots of reasons why we put it away. And there's probably a lot of time that we can say, well, it lasted a month before it raged back to the forefront. Or I put it, to, put it away for 10 years. And finally, I recognize that this was important to me. Or like with you and I, like we are doing a podcast and you have your service that people can come to you and explore their femininity. 
there's my books that help you understand. It's like, hey, this is a normal thing. This is not something to be ashamed, ashamed about. All these kind of little things, little drops of rain that we're putting down are allowing our listeners and our readers and the people who are clients to recognize that, oh, so I shouldn't have been ashamed of who I am because this is a beautiful part of humanity. And, you know, now they we, we can look at life differently and more brightly and with more color and say, wow, I think I'm going to go in this direction now. Right. And I think that one of, I was telling this to my daughter the other day, one of the major things that are kind of like kryptonite to fear is gratitude. And I think that if we can really start being grateful for whether it be the little things about your cross-dressing, the bigger things, anything having to do with it from your partner um, to the actual item to your feeling, to your expression, and just have that gratitude just like permeate over you mm. and just let that be the healing elixir that doesn't make you go back in the past or go too much in the future, but keeps you in that present moment awareness and just gives you that tonic, that elixir that makes this active, you know, femininity, just a treat, a giant treat that you just give yourself. And, and something that is a part of you that is not only a positive part of you, but a part of you that you are in love with. Mm -hmm. And the more, as we both know, the more you love yourself, the more love you can receive and the more love you can give. Yes. Here, here. Um, Something that I, I wanted to address also with you, I'm, I'm curious about how you feel about it, is the re-entry to cross-dressing on behalf of the partner. That's a really interesting thing to kind of look at is, okay, so the, the wife or the girlfriend or the boyfriend gives this permission for this side of you, let's mm-hmm. just say in the story, for example, and then you do it. I guess after that, or you decide at that moment to put it away and bury it, whatever combination came to be, that was the reason for you stuffing yourself back in that attic. Mm -hmm. Now you're back. And how does your partner, your partner needs a little bit of kindness and a little bit of something. Am I right? on behalf of your re-entry or there needs to be discussion. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there has to be a discussion again, unless you're planning on having this re-entry in a vacuum and all by yourself and you're not involving anybody else, you know, that's its own thing. But if you have somebody you're in your family dynamic, in your relationship, and you need this to be a part of who you are and you want to carry forward in this different direction on a different path on your journey, it's always good to have a solid understanding of yourself, to know where you are, who you are. Therefore, when your partner and you have a conversation, you can be confident in your answers and you can be thoughtful about your answers and you can be graceful about how you interact. Will that magically have your partner want to be a part of this journey with you? That's open for discussion. That's open for debate. We, that's no guarantee. But yeah, I think that if you want to do this wholeheartedly, it is best to do it in a way that you're open to conversation. You're, you're like you said, you're kind of giving her uh, the love she needs 
in this regard. You need to protect her and you need to hold her heart in a way that is, is mindful for her as well as for you. You can't keep putting it away for somebody else's happiness because right. then you have no happiness for yourself. So sacrifice only is good to a point, but you need to come to compromise without compromising who you are with your partner. I think that's very important. And you're in charge of your life. So you're in charge of this narrative, this story, this this kind and loving discussion that you're having with your partner about your re-entry, right? Mm-hmm. You are the one that is going to be telling them what you need, whether or not they can give it to you or not, whether or not they're comfortable or not, that's another discussion. But you are here to to tell them the truth, your Mm -hmm. truth, and to explain what you need from them. And then how, how they need to support you, how they can support you. And if, again, if you say that and they say, well, I'm not ready to do that. Okay. Then at least it's said then you can kind of come back and modify it mm-hmm. and then say, look, I don't want this. I don't want to be in a vacuum. I want to share with you what I need. What I need is to be able to go out, out in public. And that is something for the partner, maybe in the past life of dressing, that was a boundary that together you set with each other that said, okay, you can cross dress, but I need you to just in the house. I'm too mm-hmm. worried for you to go out into the world. And that was a deal. And they said, sweet, sweet, you know, titty bump, you know, or whatever <laughs> it was. And then you, the crossdresser had their fulfillment, but then it was put away. Maybe it was for that very reason, because you can't expect a lion to feel free in a cage. I mean, yes. it's very yes. limiting. And I know you and I talk about it and you've said something really beautiful about your cross-dressing and being limited to the confines of your home and that, what did you say? You can't truly. Th- that it's that being in, being forced to only do it at home. is just being in a bigger closet. Totally. And, and so what worked back when you were a, a small little chicky hmm. does not work for you now during, you know, what is it? Beyonce 2.0 or, you know, whatever it is. Is that even a thing? Did I, I make that up? I think you might. Right. Whatever it is for your like reboot. Yeah. And the movie of your life, the sequel. Well, during the sequel, you've changed, you've developed, mm-hmm. you have repressed this part of you so much. And now it's out and you're looking at it and you're being like, wow, that was who I was then. But that is not in alignment with where I want my cross-dressing to go now. And the person I am now, having lived all these lives and done all these beautiful mistakes to get me where I am now. So really knowing thyself and digging deep before you have that discussion with your partner is really important because you have a chance to say, upon reflection, what I need is I need to go out in the world. What do you need? Do you need me to not tell you when I do it? Because it gives you too much anxiety. Mm. Do you need to be there with me? What do you need? But I know that in order to be in this relationship, I need to live my truth. And that involves going outside in the light of day. I'll bring mace. You know, do you need me to bring mace? Like, but this is my truth. Well, I would, I'm going to take that one step further. I totally agree. I I would say, because as the partner who's being told, I need to go out in the world. And the partner is very apt to say, why? Why do you need to go out in the world? It's like, why is that so important to you? Why can't you just do it here? And I had that 
conversation with Judy. It's like, why can't you just do it here? And the cross-dresser needs to also be able to answer that question. It's like, I need this. Why do you need it? I need it because of several reasons. One, being at home is just a bigger closet. Being at home only doesn't fulfill me. Why? Why doesn't it fulfill you? Because I feel like it's still a shame that if anybody outside this house sees me, then that's going to be a shameful. And it's just a reminder that being at home only is still, like you said, a lion in a cage, that it's okay and safe here, but it's a reminder that there's something wrong with me. And those are, those are the kind of conversations that you need to have for yourself to say, my dear loving spouse and, or partner, I need to go out in the world. And when they ask you why you need to go out in the world, you need to understand your truth. Not just to say, because I want to, because that's something like your know, parents and kids say, don't do that. Why? Because I said so. Now you, you mm-hmm. have to have, you have to have a real deep understanding of the why's. Because that will give your partner the ability to say, well, I don't really want you to go out because I'm afraid for you. Okay, if that's the case, let's figure out a way that we can be safe. You can be with me. I'd like you to be with me. Um, We'll only go places that we know are very trans and LGBTQ friendly. Um, I'm not going to go down any dark alleys. You know, there's all sorts of concessions to be made that are not necessarily bad concessions. They're just how can you and I approach this in a way that's going to be most productive and beneficial for, for me needing to be out and to make you feel more at ease about me going out? And you, but you also have to live your truth. So yes. if your truth means going out by yourself because you need this, you don't want to hide it from your partner, but you need to have this beautiful, thriving partner. You need to have this beautiful thriving private life, uh, a part of you that can be, do meetup groups with other cross-dressers. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. that for your soul. So it doesn't, as much as you want to be like, imagine me and you, you do, you know, in this kind of tandem thing and let's get a t-shirt, go fight cross-dress. Let's do this, baby. You really deserve to be able to go to these events. I, I can only think of events because that feels like the most well, support groups. Safe. I know. Yeah, support I know there's support groups. groups. I know there's Zoom call support groups now right. during COVID. There's also sorts of things you can do that will be a benefit to your heart and your soul as the woman you are. I went to a church, a Baptist church that has a support group for LGBTQ. But you going, but you going. Maybe you're, you you'll you know be bold and say please, I'd love it if you would drop me off at the church. Mm-hmm. Take me to church. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but letting her in just enough to me, let, the fact that I'm telling you is enough. And I'm a very independent person. I mean, the fact that I'm letting you know that this is going to happen, how do you feel? But it's going to happen. Like that's, that's the modality where I come from because so often it gets twisted. You can either have a private life or you need to be up each other's ass every every two seconds. I believe there is kind of a middle ground right, where you can right. say, I want to develop, I want to know who this female persona is. And in order to do that, I need to do this by myself. But I, I know you know what I know what you know. Like, I know you know what right. I'm doing, but it's going to involve some exploration that isn't within this coupling. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I know you don't like it. Uh, no, I'm not saying I don't like it because I've done it. Okay. You know, I've done it in that 15 year relationship. I did, like I said, she would go upstate and visit her sister and I would go to, you know, Femme Fever to get a makeover and some photos taken and feel this feminine persona and better understand who I was. And uh, there were support. Once I did make that realization and understand of like, hey, by the way, I need to do this. She right. had no interest in going to a the couple's version of the support okay, group. Yeah. And I just went. I went on my own and I met beautiful people and we had we have long lasting friendships and that helped me get to my truth. Getting over my fear, which is always the numero uno, not having fear, not having shame, and realizing, oh, this is okay, this is my truth, this is who I'm meant to be in this capacity for this amount of time, and discovering that. And I did that on my own. Now with Judy, it's different. You know, we'd go to P-Flag meetings together. We've been out together, you know, to restaurants. I mean, we've, do, we've gone to the conferences together. So we've done different things together, but yet I still have my own, you know, Starbucks Sundays that I do on my own. Because yeah. what she's going to do, just sit there and read a book while I'm like working or socializing or whatever. Right. So, so she's aware that I need my own time. And I appreciate that she understands that. But also I want her to understand it's like, hey, if you know you want to come or if you want to do something together, I'm all for that too, because I want to have that dynamic as well. And yeah, and just something about like me and my own partnership, like I have always been fiercely independent. So it's not even like like Scott might be like, yeah, I'd love to go to the East Coast. And in my head, I've already planned this trip just with me and maybe a mother-daughter trip. Like, I'm just, I love him. I'm in love with with our, I just love him, okay? But he married a very independent kind of soul. So, so often I'll get asked, like, what does your husband think about your work mm. you do? Or like something like that. And like, for me, my husband knows me. He loves me. He is insanely proud of me, but he doesn't need to be a large part of the work I do. He's interested in occasionally hearing about it, but it doesn't fascinate him the way it fascinates me. It doesn't fuel his fire. He likes to, (laughs) whenever we kind of talk about it, it's kind of like the same way that he thought of like when he talked about pod or when he talked about tarot cards that I'm letting him into and I quote my inner sanctum (laughs) you know because I I am such a independent spirit that has really been blessed with a a gorgeous kind of anchor strong anchor of a husband who's allowed me to have this really 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 long string you know what I mean and I kind of knew going into marriage and partnership that that is or lifelong partnership that that is something that I need for me to follow my soul and my truth is to have a husband that loves my fierce independence and for me to encourage him to have his own relationships and and activities and hobbies and my work is to develop more of kind of a a friendship approach and and what what are the things that we share together and really focusing on building those things and making sure that those things are thriving nice so without getting too far into uh dear diary my marriage is a beautiful spirit but he leaves me alone so let's let's not go down that route but as you were talking about five minutes ago you said something 
that triggered me to write about being at home and stating our needs and stuff. And, and, and you had said, well, if you say this, then your partner will probably ask why, mm-hmm. right? Why do you need to go out and this and that? And as you're talking, I wrote, when I'm home and can't go out, I feel like I'm a mistake. And this part of me needs to know that that's not true. Mm. I am not a mistake. Damn, girl. Bam. I drop. No, that was beautiful. No, that's, <laughs> so, yeah, I just that says it. That. that says it. I mean, I don't usually use the word mistake, but I usually use like there's something wrong with me. But no, it, it, you've summed it up beautifully. That's how I would feel. Yeah. That's how I felt me, me putting myself in the, you know, gaff of a crossdresser. <laughs> yeah, that's what came up as you were talking. I love it. And it's so true yeah. is that there's too many of us who still believe at the bottom of their hearts or the back of the brain that there's something wrong with them, that they're a mistake, that they shouldn't be this way. And I, and I know you want all our listeners and all the partners of our uh, cross-dressing family to know that there is nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with exploring your feminine spirit just because you were born a man in a male biology does not mean that you are inherently separated from feminine exploration. Mm. And, and I think we are not a mistake. No. You are not a mistake. No. And if any of our listeners have recently come back after hiding themselves away in that attic for whatever reason, we just want to say, Mazel tov and mm-hmm. welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I love mm-hmm. it. We mm. love you and we're so glad that you've, you've showed back up for yourself and you are so deserving and worthy of all of it, all of the stuff. Yeah. And multiple hairstyles as well. <laughs> <laughs> and all the thrift store purchases you can afford. Yay, circle back, y'all. But there is a young lady who needs to get to an appointment soon. So to get my head did what I mean, just wrapping it all up. I just mm-hmm. want to say thank you so much to Candace and all the Candaces of the world. Yes. I mean, yes. you're a Candace. I was. I'm a Candace. Won't you like, like to be in a terms Candace of my, too? Well, in terms of my creative self-expression, I pulled the Candace, went to the thrift store and said, I'm coming out i'm back now you're back i'm back from the closet of pandemic misery and sweatpants that will pair as daytime evening (laughs) and i'm back to caring and showing up that is the the seed of the conversation of just showing up being who you need to be don't ever falter from that and you are not a mistake no, not at all. And we love all of you. We love you. And thank you for listening. Please share with us, continue to share with us your experiences um, as it relates to this topic or anything else, because your story does truly matter. Mm-hmm. And bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. 
And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor, copyright 2021. Yes, nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters. Please comment and share on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.